Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. We are in week two of our sermon series called Living Sacrifice. And what we're doing in this series is um, as we walk through the dark season of Lent towards the light of Resurrection Sunday, is we're getting into what it is the Apostle Paul has to teach us about what it looks like to live Christian on a day-to-day basis. And so last week, to set the foundation for this series, we jumped into Paul's life-transforming teaching where he says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And remember what Paul's getting at here is not that we're all being called to live a life of suffering, because that's the way so many people interpret this verse. No, what Paul instead is calling us to do is to live our lives as a gift, and that everything that we do, all that we are, is to be offered to God as a gift, because that's what it looks like. That's what it means to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. But then as we keep reading, what we find Paul doing next to, to add to this foundational teaching is he then goes on over the next couple of chapters to give us practical examples of what it looks like to live our lives as a gift. Or in a sense, what Paul does next is he basically says, now that you understand that you're being called to live your life as a gift, Here's some of the practical ways that you're supposed to be doing that on a day-to-day basis. Or here's what it looks like to live your life as a gift in the day-to-day bump and grind of real life. And the place he begins, which I think is very, very interesting, is with how living Christian is not something that you can do by yourself, but something that has to be done in a community, something that has to be done in a church. Or in other words, there is no such thing as a solitary Christian. There is no such thing as a solitary Christian. It doesn't work throughout the entire New Testament. And what Paul is going to be teaching us today, there is no such thing as a lone ranger when it comes to living the faith. And so Paul jumps into his teaching in Romans 12, 3 by saying this. And I think it's interesting that he begins here, but I think it's important. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, again, I find it really interesting that Paul begins his teaching on the necessity of church, belonging to the church with the words, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. But the reason I think Paul begins here is because when it comes to the church, when it comes to people trying to do life together as Christians, the biggest problem the church faces these days is not necessarily lack of faith or lack of commitment, although that's an issue. No, instead the problem that seems to rear its ugly head, causing all sorts of problems and even divisions and splits, is when faithful, good-intentioned Christians think too highly of themselves. How many of you might know a Christian like this? Right? Or to make this practical, a couple of churches that I have served over the years, and I've now been doing this for 20 years now. Ooh, I'm getting old. Um... In a couple of churches that I've served, not this one, of course. I don't know if you guys know this, but this church is perfect. Have you guys figured that out yet? (laughs) 
So I've run into these big, bold personality types that when it comes to what the church should be doing, when it comes to the decisions that should be made in the church, they believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that they know what's best. So much so that even though others have some differing opinions based on experience and even evidence, they're not willing to back down. And so what happens is instead of people coming together in humility, trying to figure things out in, in what's best for the church in the long run as, the, as a team, it becomes this battle with people taking up sides and never wavering, no matter what it does to the church. Or how many of you have experienced a church like this in your day? Anybody? It's more common than we would like to admit. So, then to show us why we shouldn't think so highly of ourselves, Paul goes on to, to make the case that here's the way God designed the church to function. And the way God designed the church to function has nothing to do with certain people having it all figured out while everyone else just falls in line. And everything to do with God creating all of us, every single one of us, with different talents, skills, and expertise. And the metaphor that Paul uses to bring this to light is that of the body, Right? For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. Or when you become a Christian, no longer are you called to think of yourself as this solo individual unit. And that's hard to do given we live in the United States of America, and rugged individualism is rampant. No, you're not meant to do life on your own. You're not meant to be the one who's got it all figured out, and so you need nobody else. And so when you join the body of Christ, you have to understand that you are just one part of this body, and that other Christians need you just as much as you need them. Or to help you to see this, I, I want you guys to think about Voltron. And for those of you who don't know who Voltron is, you need to get a life. Voltron is awesome. So Voltron was this cartoon that, that I watched as a kid. It was one of my favorites. It's about this team of five warriors devoted to fighting against evil in an attempt to protect the universe. And most of the ways, or most of the time, the way these guys went about fighting all that is evil is they had these five tiger battle bots. I don't know, I don't know if that's what they're called. I don't know what the technical word is for them. But they, they had these little vehicles that were tigers and they would fight everything. But on occasion, when these warriors weren't able to overcome this enemy um, fighting as individuals, they would join forces as one super awesome, powerful robot called Voltron because together, there was no evil, no villain they couldn't defeat. Or check this awesomeness out. Ready to form Voltron. Activate interlock. Dynatherms connected. Infracells up. Mega thrusters are go. Let's go,
Anyone else get chill bumps watching that awesomeness? <laughs> well, like Voltron, what Paul's trying to teach us about living Christian is that to do all that God needs us to do, we've got to work together. Or the picture that comes to my mind when I think about what happens is, is people try to live out their faith on their own, not connected to, to any body of Christ. As I picture Voltron hopping around on one leg, trying to overcome his enemies. Because Voltron, without his leg, really isn't Voltron. Well, the same is true for the church without you. You ever thought about that? Or to maybe think about it in a different way, um, I want to encourage you to go home this afternoon and to um, wrap this arm up and not use it for the rest of the day and see what your day turns out to be. See what that looks like. Because that's a visceral way to experience what it is the church can't do without you. That's how important this stuff is. So then Paul gets into the particulars by saying this. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith. Ministry in ministering. The teacher in teaching. The exhorter in exhortation. The giver in generosity. The leader in diligence. The compassionate in cheerfulness. Or again, God didn't create all of us to be the same, but created and gifted us in different ways with different talents and abilities, which contrary to popular belief is not a bad thing. Again, it's the way God created the body to function. And all because when it comes to fixing the problems of this broken and sinful world, God knew it'd be impossible for just one individual to do all of that. To be able to do all that needs to be done for the sake of the kingdom. And so he created all of us differently so that when we do come together as one body, when we do get on the same page as a team, we'll have everything that we need. The resources, the tools to go out and do the difficult work of bringing heaven to earth and all that we're called to do. Or another way that I think about this is I was listening to a comedian um, a couple of weeks ago, and he just put this stuff into perspective in such a beautiful way. He, he says this. He says, everybody thinks they're all kind of smart these days. Everybody thinks they're all kind of smart these days. But you're not. No one is. That's impossible. Truth is, you're one kind of smart, maybe two at best. Or 98% of people have an area of expertise where you know just as much or more than anybody else. And I'm talking, it can be anything here. It can be your computer system at work. It can be landscaping, cutting and styling hair, doctor, lawyer. Whatever it may be, 98% of people have an area of expertise. But just as 98% of people are some kind of smart, 100% of us have an area of life that we don't know as well as we should. Which also means every single one of us is some kind of dumb. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Whether it's physics or art history or common sense, everyone is some kind of dumb. Even the smartest people that you can think of are some kind of dumb. Albert Einstein didn't know how to use a hairbrush. It's a slow burn there, right? Remember that girl in high school that would ace all of her tests, you know, valedictorian, and then she'd get in her car and couldn't find her way out of the parking lot? Everyone is some kind of dumb. Now, what I love about this particular comedian's take on the body um, 
or his particular take on everybody being some kind of smart and some kind of dumb at the same time, is that it puts into perspective in a brilliant yet funny way why it is we need each other. Because nobody knows everything that they need to know. Nobody has all the talent that they need to have to do the work of the kingdom or even to survive in your own life. No, because we're all kind of smart and all kind of stupid at the same time, we need each other, which ultimately means we need to get a whole lot better at not thinking of ourselves too highly. And come to terms with the fact that, that all God is asking us to do is what he created us to do. Because when you add what you can do to what every other member of the body of Christ can do, you get this Holy Spirit-filled, God-directed force in this world that is even bigger than Voltron. I know that's hard to believe. That can't be stopped. That can't be stopped. Or that's why the church is necessary. Not just for you as an individual, but for the world. Or think about this church. What if we all got on the same page and headed in the same direction? What problem would there be in Great Bend that, that we couldn't make a huge dent in? Right? And then what if churches, all churches, came together and instead of focusing on that 2% of things that we disagree on, because that's where we spend most of our time, let's be honest. What if instead of focusing in on that, we came together as this one incredible force? I mean, there's 3 billion, more than 3 billion Christians in the world. What if we got on the same page? Is there anything in this world that would be too big? That's what God is calling us to do. Now, he's not calling us to do it all by ourselves. He's calling us to find our place so that we can make that happen. So now that you get the necessity of belonging to the church, now that you get there's no such thing as an individual Christian, I believe the question you need to be wrestling with is this. God, what do you need me to do? And where do you need me to get involved to play my part in your church? God, what do you need me to do? Where do you need me to get involved to play my part in the church? And don't worry, we've got plenty of places where you can use your gifts and talents around here. And in fact, we desperately need you at this point. We desperately need you to plug in. We've got some areas where we're needing a whole lot of people. Or here's just a few of the things. We need greeters and communion preparers. We need choir and bell choir members. We need people to sit on committees. We need Sunday school, children's church, and Wednesday night children's teachers. We need youth coaches, people to help us with the youth renovation of the new building that we have out there. We need people to help us cook and serve Wednesday night dinners. We need adult and small group teachers. We need money counters. And if none of that seems to, to fit for you, come and see me and I'll help you find a place. We've got a place for you to fit around here. Because the truth is, we need you. We need you to do all that God is calling us to do as the first Christian church of Great Bend. In fact, the only thing that's holding us back at this point is we're missing some body parts. We're hopping around on one leg. And that's where you come in. And if you don't belong to this church, if this is not your jam here, the same thing goes for your church as well. We need less churches hopping around on one leg and more churches more churches out there doing incredible things for the sake of the kingdom because they've got everyone in place. So again, this is the question you should be wrestling with. God, what do you need me to do? Where do you need me to get involved to play my part? 
Let us pray. Father, as we continue to wrestle with what it means to be your people, what it means to live Christian on a day-to-day basis, or how it is we go about living our lives as a gift to you every single day, help us to see that a big part of that is um, belonging to a church. Understanding that there really is no such thing as a solo individual Christian, but that we have to come together for the sake of your kingdom. So help us, O Lord, as we wrestle with that, as we make sense of that, to begin to ask the question, God, what do you need me to do? Where is it that I fit in your church? I know I can't do it all by myself, but I know that if I'll get involved, I know if I do this or that, then together, There is nothing we can't accomplish. There is no evil that we can't overcome. So help us, Lord. Come together. Stop thinking a little too highly of ourselves. And become this body that you created us to be. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.